This is Big Talk. Michael Glab here. Last week we welcomed radio, record, TV, movie, and stage comedians Phil Proctor and David Osman, known today as What's Left of the Firesign Theater. Colleagues and friends of WFHB's own Richard Fish, Proctor and Osman are the surviving members of the surrealistic, innovative comedy group The Firesign Theater. Originally a quartet, Firesign is down to two surviving members. We had so much fun during the recording of this interview that we decided to run it in two parts. Part one aired last week on Big Talk. Go to WFHB.org, click on the News and Public Affairs tab, select Big Talk, and you'll find the podcast of that show at the top of the archive. We're presenting part two of the interview today. We'll start off with a bit of talk from last week's show, explaining who these guys are and exactly what Fire Sign was. Now, for the youngsters among us, boy, I sound like I'm of the same They're all age. youngsters the among youngsters us among at this us. age. Some of them might know what Fire Sign Theater was. I think it's more important that some of them might not know. All right, so what, what was it? I can't remember. <laughs> no, a four-man satirical comedy group. This is Phil. That was This is Phil. That was uh, formed back in the mid-60s, would one say? First time we got together was um, 1966 on the radio, on a public radio station, KPFK in Los Angeles. Mr. Supported. And, uh, they had to beg for money. Oh, yeah. Well, it all happened because, because they begged for money. That's right. And, uh-huh. and I was on the air begging for money. The very first marathon that ever happened at a public radio station, we were raising on $64,000, I think it was. To That's support a, the station. To support the exactly. station. Right. Listeners subscribed for $12 a year. We were doing um, a fundraiser. I was working not at the radio station, but for uh, uh, television. I was at ABC Television. <laughs> what a terrible year that was! <laughs> and uh, Phil Austin was our our late partner. Phil Austin was working at the station as the drama and literature director. And Phil Austin and I sat across the table, just like you and me, and we raised loads of money. We were just a fabulous hit together. It was great fun. Really? And then Peter Bergman arrives on a motorcycle, a classy, classic, classic yeah, motorcycle. Let me, let me intercede. Yeah. That, that I went to Yale with Peter Bergman, and he wrote, I'm a class of 62, he was in 61, he wrote... Uh, co-authored and wrote the lyrics for two musicals that I was featured in, written by Austin Pendleton, called Tom Jones, where I played the title role, Yep. and Booth is Back in Town, where I played uh, Edwin Booth, okay? The brother of. The brother of. Yeah. The bad Booth, okay? Yeah. So, anyway, so, and I lost a track of Peter, and... And he... Hey, those Yale guys are always dropping names. They are. They, they are. They, <laughs> they, 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 there's, there's a lot of names to drop there. Yeah. There's so a lot anyway, of names rum, to just cross rum, off. Here yep. he comes. Rum, so Peter had just arrived from a uh, the uh, Berlin Colloquium, a Literarischer Colloquium, jawohl. In, jawohl, in Berlin. Yikes. So he came with a lot of cred, you know, and he had just been in Amsterdam with 
Provo, and he came with a lot of cred on this motorcycle. And remember, motorcycle. he also worked with, with Spike Milligan from, yeah, he from had, the he Goon He worked with Spike on his way. We were all Goon yeah. Show fans. It's something to brought us together. So he arrives at the radio station, and it goes on the air, and it is a huge hit. Boom. Immediately, they give him a radio show. He calls it Radio Free Oz. There's some loser who's on it with him. The loser gets lost. Yeah. Finally, it's uh, Peter. He's on from 11 at night until 2 in the morning, yep. and... I think he's just crazy. He had the gift he is of so glab. Cool. I mean, gab. Wow. Glab. And so, hey, give him credit for remembering my last name. <laughs> <laughs> he should be a politician. <laughs> then he just points at you as he crosses in front of you. Yeah, points at you, meaning I know you. Yeah, yeah, I, know. I pal. My so, grandfather was a politician, and he was a state senator of Indiana. Well, Robert E. Proctor. And you're related to Yoder's. I am Amish and Irish. Right. And I'm Mishma relatives. From Goshen, Indiana. Goshen, Indiana. If you move the letters of Goshen around, it spells, he's gone. And I, wow. <laughs> and you were. I were. Yes, but the Amish side of my family uh, is written about by uh, Joseph W. Yoder in a book called Rosanna of the Amish, which is in its 250th printing right now from Yoder Publishing, and it is a very, very famous story about the Irish, uh, uh, this Irish orphan marrying into the Amish community back at the turn of the century, or the early 1900s, I can't remember when. And uh, it's even a miniseries online, Rosanna of the Amish, very famous. That's my family. Hey, wow. before we go any further, yeah. I want to say why the heck you guys are around here right now. Okay. So, funny guys, Did you do you remember your parents saying, what do you think, you're funny? Did they ever say that? <laughs> I just turned on the radio. Uh-huh. I, now, millions of people, as we know, all around the world know you as funny guys. Mm-hmm. You're bringing some of that funny here to South Central Indiana. Phil Proctor and David Osman came to town to appear in this season's production of The Firehouse Follies at the Waldron Center, and that's our series of comedy, music, drama performances that we stage periodically to raise funds for Firehouse Radio WFHB. While the two were in town, they also appeared at the Brown County Playhouse in Nashville, Indiana for a show called The Art of Radio, as well as at Bear's Place in Bloomington for a night of poetry and music. Go to WFHB.org, click on the tab Firehouse Follies, and the podcast Fireheads and Tales will be the first in the archive. But how did we get together? Well, Peter's on the air. I'm stopping in the driveway to listen to his program because he is so incredible. And and uh, Phil Austin is his on-air producer. So Phil drops in and he's and I finally dropped in and we do a little three-card tarot. You know, somebody calls up and says, "Read my cards." And we go, "Hanged man, you know, upside down, you're in real trouble." Yeah. Oh, look at this, you're, you know, so we would do tarot readings on the air. And then as the pressure, the teen pressure in Los Angeles is building, building, building. I have to say that Art Kunkin is just recently oh, dead. Yeah. Art Kunkin, who founded uh, the LA, the, the LA uh, Free Press. Free Press. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Very huge, okay? This is yes. huge. So we're approaching 66 now. And things that. Not uh, your age, yeah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Far Nin- beyond 1966. That. <clears throat> and things are getting really weird. And so this guy. Who doesn't know anybody in Los Angeles? He's, he's pointing his thumb at me, Phil Proctor. Comes this out, guy. This guy this comes guy. out to Los Angeles, segue to. Okay. I 
befriended Peter Fonda. I came out with Brandon DeWilda. This is, by the way, this is all in my book, yeah. Where's My Fortune Cookie, now released as a, a, a podcast, well, which was a podcast, now released as an audiobook. You met a lot of these people because... You have been described as a talented boy soprano. Yeah, I, I sang on Broadway. It's yep. true. I did. But uh, I used my 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 then tenor voice, uh-huh. okay, to travel through the Soviet Union with the Yale Russian Chorus in the summer of 59. Okay, so uh, uh, in any event, I found myself understudying Brandon DeWilda in a play uh, on on uh, Broadway, and when it closed, we'd become very close friends, and we drove out to California together because Brandon wanted to get back into the films. And he had done he had been very he famous would, yes, Shane, for a film back, called Shane. The Boy with Green Hair. Mm-hmm. No, he wasn't in The Boy with Green wasn't Hair. Wasn't he? That wasn't. Oh that no, no 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 no. That was that was The Boy with Green Hair. Yeah, Brandon was a blonde. No, he wasn't in that movie. That was somebody else, Tommy Short or something. No, no, I just no. saw it the other day, by the way. Except that the, my color was off. It was the boy with blue it's hair. With blue hair. Yeah, no, <laughs> so, the movie lost so a you, lot. So we of would remember you Brandon you, from yeah. from what? From Brandon Shane. Shane from Shane. Shane. Come back, Shane. Shane of yeah, course, to the let boy you know Shane. how old these yeah. guys are, you actually remember when you could adjust the color on your. TV. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, and the rabbit ears. Oh right? yeah. Okay. Here, mom, hold it over there. Go stand there. Don't <laughs> move. Right. And I. Actually, Don't Crush That Dwarf, Hand Me the Pliers, one of our major albums, comes in part from the fact that you used to have to sometimes take pliers right to the back of the television yes. and turn those little knobs to make it stop going up and down and up and down and up and down, <laughs> right? Okay. <clears throat> so we're back with Brandon DeWilda. All did, right. We did the show. The show closed. We drove out to uh, California together, and for some reason, he connected up immediately with Peter Fonda. So Brandon, Peter, and I became like the three musketeers, and we started hanging out together. And... We went down to the Sunset Strip to protest a curfew that they were going to to, to oh. put on uh, to, to keep young people from congregating because, as David said, it was getting pretty hot and there was a lot of anti-war demonstrations. I believe they covered a lot of this in Dragnet. In just fact, the facts, the, just the, the facts, the, Mike. The Blue Boy episode with LSD yeah. talks about Sunset Howard Strip. Hesseman, huh? Howard Hesseman played the, the head in that. You know? in that oh, yeah. get out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we go down there to see what was happening because uh, Fonda was working on a little movie idea he had called Captain America. But, of course, Marvel wouldn't let him use Captain America oh, yeah, back right. then. So he retitled, as he was recited, uh, uh, Easy Rider. Wow. Okay. Yeah, because think of what he wore. So there we are, and there's the sheriffs uh, lined up on one side yep. and the L.A. police on the other, and they did a pincer movement to squeeze everybody together to create the illusion of a riot. Yep. Okay? And Peter got uh, beaten up, and Brandon got arrested, and I was writing for the East Village Other, uh-huh. and I had a press card with a big eye on it. Don't ask me why. Yeah. And I held it up, and the cops just flowed around me like a hot knife through butter. And uh, at one point during this protest, we all sat down. uh, We shall not be moved. And I sat down on an open issue of the free press. I sat on Peter Bergman's face. I pulled it out from under my ass, and it was a picture that said, KPFK newsman Peter Bergman interviews returning Vietnam War vets. Wow. This is Peter Bergman. I said, it's Peter Bergman. And so the next day, after bailing 
uh, Brandon out and all whatever else we went through. I called Peter and he said, I'm the Wizard of Oz. And I said, oh boy, you're really on the deep end here. He said, no, no, it's a, I'm doing a radio show. <clears throat> Why don't you come on down and play with us, David? So for the first time, the four of us are in the studio at the same time. I, 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 by now, I'm kind of in awe of Peter. I know Phil Austin really well. He's five years younger than me. He's like, a, he's like, he's twenty five. He's, he's a like kid. a puppy. He's like a puppy, and, and he uh, loves puppies. And yes, and he loves puppies. And and Phil Proctor walks in, and and you know the Yale guys are together. And so Peter says, "Look, this is what I want you guys to do. We're going to do the Oz Film Festival." Yep. Oh, we say okay. Uh, so right. and so he picks. So Phil decides he's going to be uh, a Russian filmmaker and a French no, was, filmmaker. Yes, that's right. It was yeah. a French filmmaker. And Phil uh, Austin decides he's going to be a very strange British filmmaker who makes very <laughs> strange movies like Ants and Tangerine. And, yeah, and, and, and slightly adult yeah. films too, uh, like Blondie Pays the Rent. Yes, Blondie Plays the Rent. You know. And so he, he's he, he, that's him. And I'm a guy who is uh, I'm a Latin American guy, and what I I really like to do is uh, I like to hit the camera in motion, man. I like to keep the camera in motion all the time. So what I do is go up to the Andes, and I get the bigger cameras now. I got the Panavision, and I take the Panavision, I push it off, man, and it rolls, and it's such pictures. It's psychedelic. It's really crazy, man. So so we sit around and we improvise. We're, we're doing all of that, you know, and so uh, and then we start the to movie. show the movies. Yes, <laughs> we start to show the movies. So you know, we're showing the movies on the radio. Peter's got this fantastic <laughs> audience. <laughs> you know, we're showing the movies, and finally we show one of Austin's oh, the adult films. Adult films. Yeah. And Peter, Peter says, oh, no, no, uh, well, no, no, we can't show it. Oh, we can't show that. And we say, well, well, wait a minute. It's a guy's film. We can't show it. He says, I'm shutting it down. <laughs> yeah, he says, the F-CC could take me off the air. Yeah, we right. can't do this. We a, can't you know, do a pornographic this. film on the Well, radio. it's public radio. What do you think started to happen? The phone yeah. rings off the wall. Right. Oh, right. How could you possibly censor this yeah. man? This is his movie. <laughs> he has every right to art. show it. This show is it. art. We're sitting here, and we all look at each other yeah. and say, we own the world. That's right. <laughs> we said, we've got something we, here. Anything we say, <laughs> they'll believe. Yes. Yeah. And it's true. You we should can... run for president. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, well, I did. did I ran did for we... president. Yeah, yeah. He's running for president right now. Now let's pick up where Phil Proctor explains how the explosive growth of FM radio in the late 1960s and early 70s contributed directly to the similarly explosive success of the Firesign Theater. People could turn on to us. You know, they'd be right. listening to the radio, and suddenly they go, what, what am I listening to? Because our, our stuff, we, we had parodies of commercials and news programs yes. and all. And so people would kind of think that they were listening to something that was regular radio, and then we would subvert that and and de-brainwash them, deprogram them with, with our comedy, you know? Gee, there's so many lines to pick up. I Just uh, just to make that one transition to, the, to Columbia. Yeah. Um, we wrote that in that summer of 67. It came out uh, in early February of 68. Now, I, I want you to measure the 60s. In 1961, Bob Dylan right. comes out, first album. Right. In 1968, John Wesley Harding comes out at exactly the same mm. time as, mm. as our first album. Uh-oh. So, so you mm. see the range of the 60s, yep. we, we flowed in right at the very end of that. It was also the White Album. 
yep. uh, was mm-hmm. the next thing out from from the Beatles. That's right. So all of that world is the world that we as comedians culturally became a part drew, of, drew from, and became a yeah. part of. Inspired by those roots, we grew a new tree, if you will. And More. we did we did nine albums for Columbia, one one a year for uh, for for the label, and then they did a best uh, uh, yeah. greatest hits, which was our tenth album. And then it was as if we were painters and said somebody said, "Well, you can't use color anymore. As a matter of fact, you can't use canvas, and we're taking your paper away." We had no access to what we did, which was to produce comedy record albums. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so f- we were out in the wilderness there for a couple of years uh, and did a lot of stage, a lot of stage work. Touring and stage. A- and uh, if I can bring uh, one of my books in here. Sure, please uh, do. Fighting Clowns of Hollywood, which was our 79, 80, 81 period of trying to uh, reestablish our ourselves. And we wrote ourselves. three Huge shows, which we did at the Roxy on Sunset Boulevard, the big rock club in Hollywood. Yeah, where Elton John made his premiere. Everybody did their big shows there. Lots of lights, I got to (laughs) say. And we did these huge, huge shows, all memorized, all costumed, all completely, you know, hour and a half shows. Lit, all lit. We were lit. It was lit. Did you find it difficult? Going live in front of human beings. No, we'd always done that from the beginning. We did it to develop our albums. Yeah, yeah. Just like the Marx Brothers used to do. Uh-huh. To develop their movies, uh, to get the rhythms yes. of the jokes and find out what worked and what didn't. At the beginning, we had just, go, we went, we played folk clubs because that's the what Ash there Grove was. The was Ash the Grove in L.A. Club. Were, did you feel more inspired when the audience was there reacting as opposed to being on the radio well, where you don't get feedback? When we were on the radio, we would be surrounded by fans sitting on the floor uh-huh. in the studio. Yeah. So we always had a sense. And actually, when we were working on the radio, even on Radio Fias, we had a sense of intimacy with our audience. They were an integral part of it, and it was a part of, of Peter's genius to create that, yeah. to have a phone-in. He created the first call-in counterculture talk show, you know? So <laughs> we were Bergman, interacting Mr. with our Bergman, audience. I just dropped acid. Yeah. What should I do? <laughs> well, pick it up. <laughs> Take the next call. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, it was, but it we was had, quite we already, a moment. We already had uh, co- consistently a connection to our audience. Yeah. And so it was fun. Also, you know, it was gratifying because it was, uh, there's a word I, I can't quite find. It, 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 it was supportive. There's no, it, it would it like prove that what we were doing was accessible right. to people. And, and that helped to encourage us to continue to develop the, the art form that we were playing with. After all these years, it appears to me that you guys enjoy each other's company, <laughs> that you're having a little fun. How can you have gotten through all these years without clobbering each other? Oh, we oh, did. Oh, we did. Oh, no, are yeah. you kidding? Look at these bruises. Oh, horrible. Oh, you, you're a, you're yeah. a cad. Uh, well, that's just... I still terrible. have a scab here from yeah. horrible, a beating horrible. back in the 80s. Yeah. You know, no, uh, we, you know, we went through all of it. The kind of initial crisis yeah. is was at the moment where every rock band, every member of every rock band, had to have their own album. Right. Okay. So Procter and Bergman, yeah, got, we went off. They went off and they did a wonderful album yeah. uh, called TV or yeah. Not TV, and that left Austin and me. And at yeah. that point, I thought I want to use this medium to produce a 
a bigger than radio program radio program. So I did an album. This is 1973 that we're doing this uh, 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 called um, uh, Mark Time. <laughs> yeah, Mark Time. How Time Flies. Right. How and this flies. was like a Dimension X or a classic. Uh, 50s science fiction radio show, except highly produced with all of these, you know, with and abstract, all, all and, these, you know, yeah, and, and weird. We, we worked on it. They that was uh, uh, that was that was uh, um, a lot of people. The Firesign was in that was in that show. Harry Shearer. That's right. Good uh, old Harry Shearer. Harry still Shearer on the radio. There. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, Harry has been on has. He's he he's, he's been on radio forever. Yes, we we started yep. on KRLA with Harry in when they were doing uh, um, the credibility, credibility gap. gap. Wow! And after that, our show, yeah. they would come on Richard Beebe and Harry New, Newsman, Newsman Richard Beebe and Harry and Michael McKean. Was he part of it then? Not not that then. Was, they, that was they, later. They, they, they would, but the credibility gap yeah. was born. In in conjunction with the Fireside Theater, so we knew you know? you know we knew and worked with Harry. Harry was the only person I could hire that I could uh, knew would do Walter Winchell. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and who was the and and uh, um, uh, God, we had, had two roles that I couldn't cast anybody but Harry. Harry and Sherman. when we did the history, we did a long piece. This is uh, Judith Otherworld Media Productions. Yeah, not this, Fireside yeah, this was no, no time out. Otherworld Media Productions. Yeah, David, you and your wife, Judith Walcott. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, you formed that in about the 1990s. No, uh, well, actually, she had a corporation called okay. a, a. It's a nonprofit called Otherworld Children's Media. She started uh-huh. working in radio. Uh, in the in the late seventies, and uh, we were working together at WGBH in Boston. Uh, we applied for a grant from the National Endowment for the Arts. We got this grant. Uh, we took it away from WGBH, who was going to try to take it away from us. Mm-hmm. We moved to Whidbey Island with our just-born son Orson, and. Being named Orson, of course, we produced the 50th anniversary of the War of the Worlds. That's right. With Jason Robards in the in the Orson Welles role, um, uh, Scott, that, Scott Simon from oh, yeah, uh, like, from Public Radio. Good old Scott Simon, yeah, Steve and, Allen, and uh, uh, Steve. Steve stood on Steve Allen. I I, I really love Steve. He was a he was uh, you know a real. He's a great inspiration. Yeah, a great inspiration. And he could do anything. Wacky, I mean, he wacky. invented talk. Talk television. I you wish know? people could know today what a fabulous guy Steve yeah. Elvin, yeah. Steve Allen, Allen was. Steve Allen, yeah. Anyway, he he was the guy who stood on the on the rooftop in in New York and watched yeah. the Martians crossing the <laughs> Hudson River, <laughs> right. and he actually was recorded on a rooftop, really? in New York. Yeah, we one had of the innovations that yeah. David and Judith did with Otherworld was as much location recording as possible, and and that was thrilling and fun to do because they went up to Lucas Ranch to record all of it or mu- well, much of it? Uh, uh, much uh, of all, it. All, Luke, Skywalker Ranch. Yeah, Skywalker yes, yeah. Ranch, which we uh, was just kind of open. Rene Aubergenois uh, was in it. Hector Elizondo, yep. right? Uh, we went swimming in the artificial uh, lake up there. The we, three of us. We, we, we recorded the we recorded the big <laughs> the big scene where uh, the yeah where the, they've just landed. We yeah. recorded at night. All the people in the cops with the crowds of people oh, working yeah. through the crowds. Excuse me, I, can, know, I can, get to the microphone. I can oh, remember clearly now in my own mind what yeah. how thrilling it was to, in, in the middle of the night to be doing this. Yes. you know where the where the Martians the thing comes up and kills everybody yes. and oh my god the heat ray. Yeah. So what so imagination going going, going back. 
back to the the, the severe bruises on uh, yes. on Mr. Rogers' <laughs> hand. How could we have possibly worked as producers without Phil? Yeah. I mean, literally. Phil was in every show we did. Me? That You're did, talking about ju- me? Yeah, I'm talking about Phil Proctor. Was in every show we did from the from He's the surprised. beginning. I am. Yeah. yeah. I'm oh, delighted. We, we, it's, uh, we had to have Phil. Uh, it was an, uh, Now, Austin was harder to work with Phil. Austin, he's a much more he's private Aries. person. He's you know, Aries, you know, he's butting heads all the yeah. time. Uh, Bergman lives with used... a pack of dogs and, <laughs> oh. you know, and a wife he had not been away from except for four days in their entire 135 years of marriage. Yeah, you know? 44, 44 years 44 they were married. Years but uh, it was very hard for him to move. And yeah. so it was hard to, in the later years, it was hard to do touring or anything like that. He wouldn't fly, uh, too, you see. Yeah. Bergman, he traveled with his dogs and his wife in a van. Bergman was not, <laughs> Bergman, we, we taught Peter to be an actor, really. Yeah. yeah I mean, true. he had immense he skills. He was a performer, yeah. you know, uh, but not an actor. I remember saying, Pete, you have to face downstage. Says, Which way is that? <laughs> uh, Peter turned the audience, okay? <laughs> turned the audience. O- open up. What do you mean? Oh, uh, you know, yeah. all, the old, all the old director actor terms, open up, yeah. all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Which is left and which is right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. 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 So he's left stage so, right. Yeah. So, but, uh, but Mr. Proctor, uh, Judith and I put in virtually every show we did for the next decade. So grateful. Uh, so and, um, and even we, though I was, I was terrific just, I, I had to play the dog in uh, Wizard of Oz. Uh, now we, t- we told him he was going to be in every scene. True. Every scene. <coughs> and we did, yeah, our last big production was at the turn of the century. We did the 100th anniversary of The Wizard of Oz. That was great. And it was. Annette Benning. Yeah. Oh, it was oh, star so studded. star Oh, Phyllis Diller. Yeah, Phyllis Diller is the witch, oh, Wicked Witch. John man. John Goodman uh, as the, uh, the the guardian of the gates. Yep, yep. Uh, Harry. Uh, Harry. Harry, uh, Harry Anderson, Anderson is the wizard. Let's find out about the art of radio. Oh, oh, oh. Come and see the show. Yeah, you got to come here to the show. show. How do you like these? Because it's an hysterical, I mean, historical Historical, uh, 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 journey through the very, very early, back in, you know, 2,000, 3,000 years ago, the very early beginnings of of audio theater to, to the present day. From the wireless, the first wireless society up through the invention of the wireless and beyond. And for those of you who really want to see the entire Fireside Theater, as we used to be billed at one point, the entire Fireside <laughs> Theater, right. uh, uh, we will be showing a couple of absolutely hysterical and movies. Uh, we all appeared on the David Susskind interview show. Do you believe it? And uh, and it is not to be missed. <laughs> and we're just going to show you the first six minutes of it. But it's right it, around the time that Nixon was being exposed. Oh yeah, with the tapes. Yeah. We were it. appearing at Carnegie Hall. That's right. In two days, Carnegie. we would appear at Carnegie Hall. You guys are calling yourselves what's left of the fire sign theme. That's correct. That's true. That's, That's true. very descriptive and real yeah. and, you know. That's the way it is. And it's the spirit of the fire sign theater, which lives on. Even though two of our spirits have moved on, we are carrying on. We're, we're proudly carrying the flag. This is the biggie. I just like to say that the reason that we are in Bloomington That's correct. Is, is the firehouse. Richard Fish. Richard because Fish. He hooked, he got Richard Fish hooked us. I don't what know. Do I, uh, he have, yeah. he He's another invaluable actor. I've worked with Richard and yes. loved him dearly for 40 years. He's so if he says, I want actor. you here, we're here. And the the other two shows, uh, that's just 
They've just boosted us. You know, we might as well have some fun while we're here. Gentlemen, Phil Proctor, David Osman, thank you so much for being on Big Talk. I'm welcome. Big, big, big talk. Big. You guys are big talkers. It's big talkers. It's a perfect marriage. I can talk big. But but then we can fade off Mike and you never hear us again. Again, 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 again.